you have not become a patron of the Geocache Talk Network, what are you waiting for? Patron levels start as low as a bison tube level at $3 a month. The sign-up is easy. Simply go to the Geocache Talk website and click on the Become a Patron button or go to patreon.com forward slash geocache talk. Patrons now get the famous blackout coin, invites to special events, and other really great items throughout the year. Become a patron today. Have you subscribed to FTF Magazine yet? FTF Magazine is the number one geocaching magazine available. It is a quarterly magazine that you can be part of. Submit your geocaching milestones and adventures to be published. FTF Magazine is also interactive with puzzles to solve and the hunt to find Spartacus. If you can solve the puzzle or find Spartacus, then you will be entered in to win a special path tag. Every new subscription, you will receive a special swag pack. Subscribing is easy. Just visit FTF's website, ftfgeo.com. Don't miss out and subscribe today. Welcome to Deep Dive, where we dive deep into geocaching topics. Each episode features in-depth discussions and aims to provide a deeper understanding and appreciation of geocaching and to inspire listeners to explore new aspects of our great sport. And I welcome along tonight for my guests, I've got Pizza Ninja. Hello, Gary. How are you doing? I am good, sir. And uh, back, back in Florida, back in Florida, the Memphis Mafia. So I think all of us are back home. I think I, I so. beat all you guys because I'm only six hours away. But Jesse stayed an extra couple days, if that's what I remember. Yep, yep. Hang out with family. Yep. So uh, right off the top of the show. We have a major announcement, so let me uh, bring up the the really big major announcement one first. So let me do that. Bringing in a couple guests for tonight for the announcement. There's... Simmels one two three. Hello, sir. You're on what? mute. Well, now you're not. There you are. Good to see you, my friend. Uh, it's been so long. Uh, yeah, long, <laughs> long time no see, buddy. And also, there's D. Hey, D. Um, so um, that is all I'm doing. I'm turning it over to you guys. So whoever <laughs> wants to start, I'll let you start and let you go with it. Do okay. Well, go ahead, Ryan. Oh, no, I was going to give it to you. Oh, okay. Well, if you were at Cash Fest, you heard the fantastic announcement that Cash Fest is moving. We are going to Oklahoma. Um, we are going to Norman, Oklahoma, to be specific. Um, and we announced that we would be going July 27th of 2024. Um, and then um, a few things popped up. And we know that there um, are cashers of all kinds, and we all have our favorite mega events. And there was a little bit of a confusion because there was going to be two megas on the same day. And number one, we don't ever want to give make people choose because we think you should be able to attend every mega if you want to. So we made the decision that we are going to move Cash Fest Oklahoma to the date of July 6th. It's still going to be in Norman, Oklahoma. We're still going to have a caching day in OKC. We still have lots of super things planned. We are watching our email very closely. It has not yet published, 
but we're hoping for it to publish here as soon as possible. And we will get the GC code to y'all as soon as it publishes. So we can start marking our will attends. Um, everything is going to stay the same that we talked about in um, Memphis. We are still going to be at the Embassy Suites in Norman. The event will not only take place at the Embassy Suites, we will stay at the Embassy Suites as the host hotel. Um, they have given us a really good rate um, for a um, two-room suite for 149 bucks. That includes breakfast fully fresh cooked and a cocktail reception every evening for two hours where you can get a beer, a glass of wine, a soda, whiskey, nope. whatever you want, and some light hors d'oeuvres. But the cool thing is, is that if, as you're, a, you know, throughout the day on Saturday, if you get tired and, you know, you've got an, an hour between the Challenge Academy and the Gadget Academy, well, you can go up to your room and put, put your feet up for an hour or so and then come back down. It'll all be in the same building, which we're super, super excited about. But even more, we're excited about being in Norman. They are rolling out the red carpet for us. Um, I'm super excited to work with Taylor now that we're going to be there around the 4th of July, hoping to set up some maybe 4th of July activities for folks, things like that. So we're super excited, but we wanted to get the date change out there so you didn't have to flip a coin and decide where you were going. You could do both if you wanted to. So Cash Fest, Oklahoma, Norman, Oklahoma, July 6, 2024. Yeah, a couple things. I know... Uh, Ryan, I know you got some some thoughts and comments too. I just want to make one comment, and then I'm gonna turn it over to you. But this isn't your typical embassy suites, by the way. No. When I pulled up to this embassy suites, it's like this is a ginormous embassy suites with a giant conference center. It's not your typical one, so um, it is. It is a. I'm gonna try to get a photo while Ryan, you're doing that. I want to get a photo of the front of it because it's it's really. And it's almost brand new, so I'm I'm really excited. Uh, we got to go there, and it is spit and polished—a really, really cool one. So, um, Brian, you—I know you want to say a few things. Oh, I'm just mostly excited. Um, like Dee said, uh, city in Norman has been great so far, and um, not just the city, but the cashers of Oklahoma. Uh, I know I have gotten messages after messages after messages from just cashers that I know that live in the area and they're ready to roll out the red carpet as well with the caches in the area. Um, already talking about doing maintenance runs down there. Um, I heard of a, a small geocache. A lot of people want to go do a uh, infernal device. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, we'll, we'll, do some, we'll, we'll do some help to organize that one. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, let yeah, me I, also say that um, I know Ryan, I believe you're going to be there as well. I think Gary might. Um, to, on um, August 12th, they're hosting an event. Um, oh, good. I'm glad we, I'm glad we made your day. <laughs> on um, August 12th, there's going to be um, a, what they call COG, which is Essential Oklahoma Geocachers. They're having an event. Um, it's at Clark's Crew Barbecue, um, which is fantastic barbecue. I might say we ate there on our um, excursion to, to scope out the city. Um, a Brittany is going to be hosting that. And um, we're going to show up. Part of the, uh, the Cash Press team is going to show up and kind of chat and um, figure out just kind of what Oklahoma wants to see in their Cash Fest. So 
Um, we're excited to be able to work with them. I know I've, I've spoke with several of them just like Ryan has. So I'm excited to go to that event. So if you're in Oklahoma, come to the COG event on the 12th. We'd love to see you. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find a one that I'm trying to find one that gives a really good uh, uh, feel for what it, the front of it. Uh, we don't have time for a lot, of this, but the here's one of the uh, the middle or the um, lobby area. So I'll show that real quick, and then we can move on. But um, yeah, a lot of people asking questions. We'll we'll definitely um, try to get to that as time goes on. Uh, we won't have really time tonight to get into um a uh, a full breakdown but we will talk about it briefly here's some of the photos i want to show you guys so it's it's got this really cool uh there's the front of it and then uh let me get to the lobby it's pretty nice big pool there's the lobby. <laughs> it's one of those giant. So, and that rate is for run of the house, meaning if you want a king size bed and and or if you want two beds and there's there's a little suite, so you got a couch and stuff in there, so lots of space and all that, and you can't beat free breakfast, um, cooked to order. I mean, that's just they've got an omelet station. I think that's what made Ryan excited when he saw the omelet station. So, um, well, that and a happy hour. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. And do, do they have pizza there too? Yeah, right. <laughs> there is some good pizza in Norman. Oh, there is. Yes, okay. there is. Yeah. My know. son used to be the editor of their local newspaper, so I've spent a little time there. And yes, there's a University of Oklahoma. Yes, you don't have to love the Sooners. Trust me, I went to AM, so but yes, you can embrace the area. The people there are wonderful. There's so much to do. Um, uh, I know people go, oh, it's college town, but it's like, oh my gosh, it's just incredible. In fact, it being a college town though, actually kind of benefits us because so many things are available in a town like that. So without the um, students, that's yeah. the good thing about being 4th of July weekend is yeah, <laughs> it's summertime. We could enjoy, we could enjoy Norma without the kids being there. And the kids, but go ahead, Jesse. <laughs> the best steakhouse that I've ever been to in Me all too. the United States <laughs> is very close. Oklahoma uh, City, Cattleman right? Steakhouse. It, yes. I, I would go just for another steak from there. That's right outside oh. the stockyards, correct? Yes. yes. Yeah. Like they're mooing and then they're on your plate. And it's <laughs> awesome. They're amazing. They yes. are. Well, and several of us has picked up on it, but it seems like we're going with the street outlaws theme because we were in Memphis and now we're in OKC. So if you're a street outlaws fan, you can go to several of the guys shops and get some cool merch uh, while you're in town. Yeah, yeah, but um, I don't want to go into all the cool things. There's a soda pop place that we're going to go to that oh, yes. literally has 20 foot ceilings filled with sodas and a bottle and they make their own root oh, beer, yeah. which makes my husband extremely happy. So we'll go into all the greatness of it. But as soon as it gets announced, please mark your will attends. And as soon as that link gets out, go ahead and book your room so that we can get everything lined up. But Cash Fest, Oklahoma, July 6, 2024. Woohoo! Thank Yay. you guys so much for being on. And um, 
we'll catch up with you guys later. So all right, you. And, on, and on your subject tonight, rest in peace. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Rest in peace. yeah. So. Yes, very much. See so. you guys later. Thank, thank you guys. Bye. Bye. Take care, D. Take care, Ryan. Okay. Very cool. Um, okay, so we're going to take another couple minutes, and then we want to get into the topic. So uh, just a couple quick notes. I think Cash Fest Memphis went very well, in my opinion. I'll get you guys to give your couple, couple cents. But um, the interactive Adventure Lab, I had great fun with. John got to do it this time. I think that, that is something that, well, we know – that it's become popular. Uh, we had our good friends from going caching. Uh, the Waysiders were with us again. And one of the things I told them last year as we were, as we were talking was it was, I wasn't something I had to mention, but I wanted to talk to them because they're good friends. And I said, if you guys like this idea, run with it. And they're like, yes, we love it. We appreciate, you know, your, your blessing of the, uh, interactive adventure lab. And so this time we did it on a riverboat and things went really well. Um, we won't get into, uh, I think if you, if you opened it before we left, I don't think we had any issues. I didn't open it early cause I want to see what happened. Of course we, we went outside the geofence. It was no big deal. Once we were back, once we kind of back to the dock, you could reopen it and everything was fine. So not a huge deal. Uh, my last comment will be, though, that we were fortunate enough to have a couple great lackeys with us, and they are surprisingly, serendipitously, uh, on the database side of things. And I had a long, long talk with them and said, maybe Megas might need to be ex you know, uh, exempt from these geofences, and they go... Gary, you have a great idea. I'm taking it back to HQ. So now I'm not saying it's going to happen, yeah. but they got to see it, you know, live. They got to see it, pardon me, live and in person. And I could tell he was sincere that he was like, yes, megas are a different breed of animal. It's not like a regular geocacher. So I have crossed my fingers and I have high hopes that we can do and other megas too. I mean, I've talked to, um, you know, K Blast was with us and he talked about uh, Moga and a couple of things and he had some ideas. But again, they can be kind of weird because of them being a mega. And so they're like, yeah, we could really benefit from that sometimes. So anyway, other than that, everything went fabulous. I'll let one of you guys tell a little about your experience. I, I agree, Gary. I think, you know, definitely one of the best parts for me, and I think you guys know I'm a social casher. So one of my favorite things is just going out there, meeting with people, you know, I haven't met before, uh, talking with geo friends that I haven't seen in a long time. So for me, that was an absolute blast. And I I know Retro Gaming Girl's in the chat. It was great to meet her in person in here. Uh, Shandrum, great to see him again. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Ryan, a whole bunch of others. I mean, to me, that was such the coolest thing. And um, the interactive adventure lab, I just had a blast on that one too, you know, going around the boat. I think, I think a cool part was there were even people actually thanking us who, uh, who weren't geocachers who saw what we were doing and were like, that's really cool. You know, 
Yeah, it was funny too because we had K Blast, but Brian was with us, and he he had his guitar, and he's just playing songs and stuff. And uh, <laughs> so it was he had the, he had kids coming up and strumming his guitar, and he was playing, you know, he was playing with them, and you know, and letting them. He was just doing the chords, and people were strumming along, and uh, yeah, I, 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 again, I think it went really well. I don't know if we, I don't think Emily and in, in me fooled anybody on the who are the who are the murderers in the murder mystery, but. Um, you know, we, we attempted it. Uh, I kept, I kept pointing at John and he, uh, he kind of deflected all my, uh, accusations. So, but yeah, yeah, just... yeah you, you had a good setup there, Gary, but you know, I just, the truth prevailed in the end. I have to yeah, say. that didn't work. So, but Jesse, you, um, you, you got to come in for, for, for the majority of the, the mega part, which was good. So yeah. what are Although some we know thoughts? megas are a week long now, you know, all megas yeah, are a week no. long. So I actually attended the mega part and then the CEDO the next day, but the, uh, the mega, um, mm-hmm. so she did, she did I hated hearing about all the cool stuff that y'all got to do all week. Cause I was at work and last minute I didn't get to come in, but I got to drive in overnight, got there, uh, for the mega and like, all three of us are, but to the best part was just getting to talk to everybody. And yep. like you mentioned, retro gaming gal, um, it was one of those, like we've seen people for the last year or so, like in a little dot in the chat room and we know the name and we know, you know, we kind of know their face, but it's like, and it was one of those weird things. Like you feel like, you know, them, and then you're like, is that you? Like, have I been talking yeah. to you for a year? You know, <laughs> it's one of those exactly to see people that, You've seen their names everywhere. You feel like you know them really well, but you've never technically met them in person. And uh, getting to meet a bunch of people and watching them have fun um, from, you know, the work of you guys. Y'all did 99.9% of all the work on this mega. Uh, It wasn't me. I was in the middle of moving. But um, Mm -hmm. it was just awesome to see people, cashers, get together and have fun. And people were, everybody had their own thing they were doing, which is funny. You know, I'm going to go here. Or some people would stay in the building all day long. Some people were walking around doing labs. Some people were, I heard somebody getting five states that day. I mean, there was tons of crazy stuff they were doing. Yep. There was people trying to do the the challenge, you know, how many you can get, how many cash types you can get in one day. And um, yeah. it's always neat to see all that. And then uh, to there was a kid that was there and I don't know his name or his cash name or anything, but it was like, he was brand new to geocaching and he's from a town that was a town called Arlington, which is not really close to Memphis. Um, it's, you know, like two towns over or whatever. And he was so excited to come to the, to the event. He was telling his mom about it. And his mom was like, I gotta go to work. I can't take you to this. <laughs> so he's like, well, I'm just going to ride my bike, which he should not have done by the way. That was right. a terrible idea, but he's a young kid. He didn't know. So she got the neighbor to bring him down and the neighbor brought him down and he was just having fun and checking it out. And, uh, like he's starting off, doesn't know much about the game yet. And he gets, he goes to a mega and he's like, checking everything out. It's just cool to see people really excited like that. And um, personally, I got to come and hang out with my dad and it was fun because Mm -hmm. my dad got to come last year, but it was really busy last year. There's a lot of stuff. He was helping behind the scenes with some of the stuff this year because we came in so late. It was just that one day and uh, he was having, he was kind of getting everything that was going on. So it was kind of like seeing another cashier, but it's my dad. So he gets in there. He's loving it, having fun. And, he uh, and I kind of this year he wanted to know more about it. Like, 
what is everybody doing? And so I kind of went through everything and explained it. Right. And uh, he goes, oh, okay. Like he didn't realize that the events count. He had never logged last year's mega. He hadn't really done any of that. He just found caches over the years. Yeah. So once he started getting, he was like, oh, take me to some more. So he started cashing. <laughs> he had about 40 on his account when the weekend started. And he texted me this morning. He's at 122. And he's oh, just been going awesome. around going crazy. And, so cool. uh, like son, and, uh, like father was, now. We would like, go by ones. Yeah. He was like, hey, there's this one I tried this one day. Let's go check that one out. I had trouble with this. Let's go right. do that one. So he's been going and having fun. Um, and then, uh, like he, so he only had like the, the free account, which I didn't even realize. I thought I had bought him the other account years ago. Right. And right. he was like, there's not really many around here. I said, well, let me see what you got there. I was like, yeah. no, that's not going to work. So yeah. he opened up the, the, the premium account. He's like, they're everywhere. I'm like, yeah, but he's been <laughs> yeah. going crazy. He's tearing it up. It's funny. Um, that's awesome. And, uh, that's so cool. He, like he hadn't logged all this stuff. So he had like four States and he never really kind of logged. Um, mm -hmm. so he's got like six States already and over a hundred caches. He's, he's going crazy with it, but it's fun to see somebody get excited. So that's what I saw all day Saturdays, people mm -hmm. really getting recharged and getting excited. And I think that's really what megas are about other than stats. You know, some people are coming yeah. in and they're, they're hardcore, they're stat hounds. They're going to, they're going to kill it. But to see people go, oh, all these other people and how they play the game and really get excited, that's super fun to see. So, and I have to say one yeah. other thing. Sure. Because um, it just makes us laugh. It's going to make us laugh. I, I showed him one of every type because there's one of every type in, in town. He goes, okay, I don't like those ones where you don't find anything. Take me back to one where you find something. He was talking about the labs. He goes, those aren't any fun. He goes, I don't want to just go answer questions. <laughs> <laughs> that's not geocaching i was like oh right. gosh that's a big old discussion you don't even know <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's like yeah take yeah, me back exactly. to where we find something but yeah. uh just christy that, would be happy to hear know? that because christy doesn't yeah. want to answer questions <laughs> um him and other people just you know you see the the light go on and they're like this is i found the part i like to do and they're going to go do it and have fun with it i think to me that's the purpose of hosting these megas yeah mm -hmm. It's not just so, a, a different icon. No, you're absolutely right. Last comment, and then we're going to start into talking about trail safety. I want to make one last note, which was uh, I contacted St. Jude, and I said, hey, can we have an employee um, come kind of do an opening convocation kind of thing? And I contacted our, our wonderful Jillian, who is sort of our advisor at St. Jude. She goes, well, I could bring a patient family over there. I was like, Patient family wins. They like, they trump everything else. I mean, they're like, they, they win. So I was like, oh, absolutely. If they're willing to come talk to us, absolutely. So uh, the morning of the event, uh, we had a little microphone. I introduced Jillian, who's our, our good friend uh, at St. Jude, and she introduced the patient family, and the mom did most of the mom did the spe speaking. Um, the daughter sung the song um, about no chemo because she got to have a no chemo party. But uh, I'm standing up there because I was I did the interview. I, I, I did Jillian. I didn't really I should have stepped way away, but I'm sort of off to the side. But I'm trying to keep it together because <laughs> uh, I'm like, I don't want anybody to look at me. I want them to focus on the family. But I'm like, keep it together, Gary. 
no crying right now. Cry later. Don't cry now because her story was just so touching and it was so wonderful to hear her um, speak about her daughter and um, her particular cancer. I think she said back in when, when they started St. Jude, the survival rate was 4%. And that particular leukemia, it's a particular type of leukemia. It's now up to 94% is what is the survival rate. Yeah. It was amazing. Oh my gosh. And yeah. so um, I got to, I got to spend a couple minutes with them before. And it's like, I was, we had a bag to give to both the family and to, to Jillian, but it's like, I'm grabbing whatever I can and giving it to that little girl. It just, it really <laughs> touched me. So like, here, take this, here, here's a coin, take it. I don't care. You know, it's like, and, and I talked to Jillian today and they said that they had a wonderful time. They were so Good. thankful for um, the people there who like came in and it was like, perfect i mean they were like there wasn't no there I mean, everybody had was like rapt attention it's like mm-hmm. sometimes you can't get that when you get 30 40 people together you know and everybody's excited about this event but everybody was like really really focusing on um on her so um that was really cool so all right yes yeah, she was that little girl was yeah. awesome so oh my. all right so i talked to patty um today um patty is um the the lady who had who lost her brother um this past week and so i told her i said is it okay with you if we do a a show about trail safety and i told her i said i promised uh that we would really focus on trail safety and we're not going to focus on or say really anything other than our heart goes out to her and her uh, and his family, his, his uh, son and daughter, and um, such a, a, a tragic, tragic moment. Um, but we do not know all of the circumstances around what happened. So there's no reason to speculate. But we do know that all of us, are out on the trail at times um, and we all have stories we're going to tell tonight and we've got things that we all need to remember when we're out on the trail. So that's the focus tonight. Um, so um, John's with us as well. And John, you've, you're a frequent co-host here on deep dive, but why don't you tell folks a little bit about um, your background in this particular um, situation because um, you actually have uh, actual uh, uh, real world uh, experience about trails. So take a yeah. moment, and tell people um, about your experience. Yeah, absolutely. And, and thank you, Gary. I think trail safety is such an important topic for us to discuss. Uh, me personally, I'm a vice president of an organ or trail organization in Chautauqua County, the westernmost county in western New York. We have about 25 miles of trails out there and always trail safety is something on our mind. Um, You know, we want people to be able to use trails. I mean, trails and geocaching are such a great thing, but, you know, just to covering some points of, you know, what should people do to prepare for getting out on the trail? What should people do when they get out on the trail? What people should do when they're on the trail? And then what should people do after they're on the trail too? 
Uh, you know, one of the things from my perspective too, I've been in that position where I'm helping people that are in need on the trail, you know, who, who have had a need also on the other end of the spectrum. And for people that have tuned in for a while, I've also been the person who's been in need of assistance on the trail as well, too. Uh, you know, so the, for those that don't know, when I was out, uh, uh, checking out a potential trail to extend our trail, I actually had an injury in the fall. Uh, I tore my ACL completely. I tore my patella. I tore my meniscus. Um, it was a bucket handle tear. So it got pulled up into the joint. I bruised my tibia pretty good. Uh, so I was in a need as well too, where I required first aid at that time, urgent medical assistance, so, uh, you know, certainly from my perspective, it's something that I can see from multiple angles and something that's near and dear to my heart. Because, I mean, certainly I want people to be able to go out on the trails, but to make sure that talking about trail safety is a good one. Because um, in my instance, where I got injured, luckily, I was out with a group of people on that front, right. uh, including our former county warden on that side. And, uh, you know, with their help, I was able to get out. So that's something I definitely really appreciate on that front. Yeah. Um, but for anybody that, oh, sorry, go ahead. Gary. No, go ahead. Go for it. Yeah. But even for that one, uh, you know, I did have mm -hmm. to, 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 you know, have pretty significant surgery afterwards and I'm still going yeah. through that recovery and I still got probably three months and then I'm back to a hundred percent on that one. Um, but you know, on here, we know people of all different groups, all different ages, people, all different experiences want to use trails. And I think if anything, right. over the past few years, people have seen even more of a need for that. Um, but, you know, certainly kind of talking about those. And as we're talking about those, feel free to put comments in the chat as well, too. We want to hear different people's questions, different people's experiences as well, too. Yep. Um, but one of the things we want to get into is uh, what should you do to prepare for actually getting on the trail on that one? Yeah. Um, which is well, a good question. Right. And we're going to do actually we're going to cover it from I, I like the way you've set the notes up for tonight. We're going to talk about sort of before, during, and after, which I think is really important because we don't, we usually think before, we don't really think about all the other things. So, but I want to, um, I also want to have Jesse kind of comment on, um, you've got sort of unique experience, the fact that um, you've been on many trails, uh, you know, uh, you've done uh, a lot of stuff in the mountains, away from civilization, away from, you know, all sorts of that. But also the uniqueness of the fact that you have uh, law enforcement experience. So there's been um, a series of trainings over the, over the years that you've been involved with. Also, I think you, you, you completed when you retired, you were a detective at the time, right? No, not when I retired, I wasn't. Oh, but you, but you did, you were a detective at one yeah, point. Yeah, detective right? for several okay. years. Yeah, for sure. Okay. But kind of tell people a little bit about fact that, kind of give some people a little bit of your background and then we'll get into the actual uh, notes there. So, so I've been on both sides of it as well. So uh, I've worked with search dogs. I've worked, you know, missing persons cases. I've worked a lot of those things and um, it, it can happen in many different ways really quickly. Um, and even though, you know, I, I know that and I've gone through training to be prepared and, you know, uh, I've tried to be prepared as I can for situations like that. I've also been on the other side. I've, um, Sometimes, well, I'm not going to say about anybody else, but for me, sometimes, mm -hmm. um, you know, we go past what our ability is. And right. I had been out um, during a snowstorm in Colorado, climbing a mountain, uh, hiking a mountain, 
um, in conditions I probably shouldn't have been. Um, I try to do all the safety things that we're going to talk about tonight, and, and I'll, I'll talk about what I did for preparation at the same time. It still didn't go the way we thought. We were stuck on the mountain for quite a long time. We uh, every Obviously, it turned out okay, uh, but family at home was calling the sheriff. They were starting to go down that route. Uh, finally, we got down and got back in touch with them, but it went sideways so quick, which a lot of these situations do out in nature like that. Um, I've also been out where we've had to call, uh, and it, it doesn't have to be, you know, a 14,000 foot mountain. It can be an area that you think, well, this is not that bad. Right. I'm not that far away from anything. And, um, I went out with, uh, an, a buddy of mine, we were out and we, uh, we were out, we were hiking or doing this crazy multi-cache and we're only probably two or three miles from civilization, but we're out hiking and, uh, it took a lot longer than we thought. We ran out of water. We were getting in a bad way, no cell phone service. And uh, finally we got to an area we could get cell phone and we had to call somebody to pick us up at a total different location than, than where we left. But uh, it just, once you're out of water, you're out of water, right? And it's, we had a lot of water with us, but we anticipated probably a third of the time that we were gonna be out there. Cause you go, right. you think you're gonna be out there, you know, it, just like on trail maps, you think you're going one way, you get there, there's down trees everywhere and it's, you you have to go another way. Yeah. It adds to your time or wildlife's there and you have to go another direction. And those basic safety things we're getting into tonight, it's um, you, you cannot judge anybody for things that happen because I've got pretty good train. I know, I know you do as well, John, but yep. when you're out there, you have to be able things happen really quickly. Storms come up that you didn't anticipate, you know, um, time gets extended that you didn't think was going to happen or, you know, I, I was on top of a mountain one time and uh, kind of like what happened to John, but mine didn't go that bad. It's the knee I did damage recently, but um, my knee went out. I could right. not walk. I was with Christy. She wasn't going to carry me down. You know, that's not right. going to happen. Um, but I'm feeling super good. And then one second later, you know, it ended up being okay later. I got down the mountain, but you're super confident one second. And the next second I was like, I may be stuck up here. Yeah. This, this may not happen. I, yeah. I may not be able to get down this mountain. And it, yeah. it's just one of those things. Like I had all the gear, I had water. I could have stayed up there for a long time. I had food and water and everything else, but that quickly it, and it's, or, you know, I've also been out and you're out and cell phones not working that great. You got your, maybe have your GPS. That's one of those old things that people used to use in the fifties to go geocaching. And, um, you get turned around and you can get turned around so fast out in the wilderness. Oh yeah. You know, if you get off trail, and I do a lot of off trail hiking. So, right. It, when you're so, on yeah, the you're trail, not you're on the trail, trail. But when you're out yeah. in some of the national forest areas, there are no trails. You're just, you know, going across land, and it you're off, real yeah. quickly, it can become a situation that you're like, this is different, and you start yeah. going, uh oh, now I'm in trouble. Yeah, um, Shandrum's in our chat room. I talked to him before the show. Um, he's done a lot of been involved with a lot of search and rescue too. So thanks, uh, Shandra for being, uh, mm -hmm. in the chat room tonight. I like, I appreciate his comment. Complacency is super dangerous and complacency is something that, um, can really happen to any of us. So we're, mm -hmm. none of us are above oh, yeah. this. Um, no. we, we really can become complacent, um, far too often, especially us that are experienced geocachers because we sort of assume that we know all situations mm -hmm. uh, 
and um, something that Jesse, you mentioned before, we won't be talking about tonight, but we are going to do on a, a future uh, deep dive or geocache talk where we talk about um, just safety in general, whether it yeah. be, you know, if you're, you know, in a downtown city and you're trying to geocache. So, but we'll get into that another night. Another but, night. Yeah. Um, so basically other than me just being the host tonight, uh, is I am going to, I am going to tell a quick, I'm going to tell a very shortened version of the story when I was, uh, a kid, which was, I got lost. So, you know, we've all been, you know, obviously no preparation, no nothing, but the thing that I, I found that happened is something that I've heard people talk about many, many times in my life now since which was i got in i i immediately got in panic mode because you get in that there's that that moment when you're like okay i because uh, it up until this moment you're like okay i know where everything is and then all of a sudden you're like oh my gosh i really don't know where anything is now i mean there was that there's that moment so in panic you start going in some direction that you think okay i know where in your mind you're like oh, i gotta go this way well <laughs> in my continued panic, I ended up making a complete circle. Uh, and as a kid, I'm really freaking out because I did not know, but I at least had a, a, a sanity moment for a second. And I said, okay, I was fortunate in the fact that I knew where the sun was and I could see it going down, which is helpful because when it's straight overhead, you can't tell direction. Right. But I could tell, I could tell which way was West. I mean, I, it was going down which was also a panic moment because the sun's about to go down and I'm out in the middle of, you know. but I was like, okay, I know I live North of where I was. So I basically just kept the sun to my left and I just started walking. And sure enough, I was able to then sort of get refocused and, and, and find uh, a road and get back home. But, you know, um, getting in a panic mode is something that, regardless of our experience can happen to really any of us. So, Oh yeah. Um, so yeah. tonight we're going to go through, uh, John, you've got some incredible notes set together. They will be, um, in the, uh, they'll be posted on geocaching, um, uh, on a geocache talk.com. Um, I'm, they're going to be in the show notes, but I'm think I'm going to put them also on the front page. Um, I'll add a, a I'm going to add a drop down for, trail safety and we'll just include we'll include that uh, on the web page but i guess let's start with let's just go through it i guess chronologically and um you two kind of walk us through the 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 before and then we'll just do before during and after and we'll just go through it that way so yes we do have a, a giveaway thank you guys for reminding me um the it's hashtag safety tonight so um if you guys want to put that in um, we were going to, we'll do a drawing at the end of the show. Um, and we'll, at that point, I'll, I'll give you, uh, an idea of what all we have for that. So, um, please put that in. Um, I just pulled it up. So if you would, um, I apologize. I, it's been a busy few minutes trying to get prepared. So, um, if everyone would, as John begins, would you put in hashtag safety again for me again? Thank you. I apologize. We have to do this a second time. But um, anyway, if you want to like to be part of the uh, giveaway, 
hashtag safety. So John, start the process for us of what we need to do uh, before yeah. we hit the road. Definitely. So one of the things preparing for, for even getting out on the trail. So you're at home is, uh, you know, packing your 10 essentials on here, the 10 essentials you can, you can search for the different 10 essentials out there. I'll put a link in the chat and these will be up in our show notes as well too, but going through what do you need out there? Um, I'm a big fan. If you're out on the trail, if it's for a mile, if it's for a two mile, no matter what the distance is, you need to have a good pack and that good pack you need to have some common elements out there with you. Um, also, when you're on there as part of the 10 essentials, appropriate footwear and um, making sure you're doing that based upon terrain, weather, comfort to you as well, too. So, uh, you know, not just flip flops or, or whatever you call them, but, you know, actually good footwear. So those could be hiking boots, good shoes, et cetera, but matched up with that terrain and what you're doing and what kind of activity as well, too. So certainly if somebody's out in cold conditions, you know, maybe they want some waterproof, you know, footwear on that side. Uh, going through the 10 essentials as well, some sort of navigation. You know, as geocachers, we we have our phone and that's good. But, I mean, we should also have like, you know, a paper map or an overall terrain map of an area, too, indicating where things are going as well, too. I think we probably have often found ourselves, you know, when we're in a situation when we're heading out to a trail where we may even say, dang, you know, we don't have cell phone reception here and it catches yeah. us by surprise. Um, you know, really, we should help, you know, determine that in our planning process. Do we know we're going to an area where there's cell phone signal or not? Right. But also, you know, when it comes to good planning procedures, it's like plan that you may not have cell phone reception or very little or no cell phone reception at times as well, too. So right. uh, that map can be very helpful on that side for you. I know a few people have identified previous on this one water. Make sure you take plenty of water on that one. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, general guidelines, at least half a liter per hour, you know. Certainly, if you're going to be in a more remote area as well, too, further away from people, you may want to bring a water filter as well, too. I know water filter, uh, I've carried one in my bag when I'm on more of remote trails. It mm -hmm. certainly helped me out in the past too, where you're going through water much quicker than expected. It's also one of those things that helps out others. Uh, I know I encountered yeah. somebody one time who was really dehydrated. He was just wearing a little, little hydration pack for, for doing some trail running. And he caught me and he said, I'm all out of water. Can you help me? And I said, absolutely. And, um, I knew where there was a water source. I knew where there was a water filter. You know, we were able to get there, get them there, you know, get them rehydrated on that side too. So certainly if you're in that situation. Um, and to, in today's world too, sorry, is that um, they're much better than they used to be and they're much easier to carry now. Um, there's a lot of them online that you can get. Um, I don't know if you have a particular one that you prefer, John. We could put them in the show notes as well. But um, that is a technology that's really improved. So I think people are like, oh, I don't want to I don't want to go through all carrying all that. It's like, no, yeah, it's real simple. Nowadays, you can carry something very, very, very uh, much more compact than it used to be to carry something like that. So, yeah, yeah. and you, you can just put something even in a Ziploc bag. I mean, Life Straw, other kind of filters as yeah. well, too. Yeah, and we can certainly bring those, too. And uh I know one of those things like, you know, when I'm doing water and I'm kind of doing a hike on that one as well, too, uh, sometimes, you know, depending upon who I'm going with and I think maybe what they'll do. Yep. So your mm -hmm. mini filters, those are 
absolutely great. And a lot of people who hike the Appalachian Trail and others will definitely use Sawyer's or Life Straws. Right, um, right. But very, very you know, cool. from my perspective, I may even bring like an additional bottle of water thinking like, okay, if somebody's out there and I'm sucking down water from one bottle, you know, if I hand them another bottle, will they start, you know, drinking that as well too? Right. Um, so definitely that, that's a, that's a big critical one on that side. Uh, mm-hmm. Food, definitely making sure you bring plenty of that one as well too, you know, both for yourself and others if they need it as well too. Um, so making sure you bring some, I mean, even if you're thinking it's just a mile or two or, or a quick hike, you know, pack some bars out there, you know, something that can be shared with others as well there too. Um, certainly use that as a way to encourage others to eat or drink too. If, if, if you kind of get the sense for nobody is, but they should be, you know, on that front. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate that your list. Um, one of the things that I really appreciate about this list is, uh, is that it's not just you, there's other people that are probably on the trail or with you. Right. Absolutely. It may not be right. That may not be prepared. The other thing too, is I think we forget when it's cold, um, we kind of don't think about bringing water, but you can get dehydrated no matter what the temperature is. I Absolutely. mean, we forget that. So, all right, keep going. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you, Gary, for mentioning those. And yeah, certainly one of those things, rain gear or uh, dry fast layers, you know, certainly if you're in somewhere, I mean, even heat or certain cold, you know, make sure you have a wicking base layer on that side, something that will shed moisture very quickly. Uh, that's definitely good to bring. And I mean, even if you're laying her up, that good wicking under layer is pretty important to have on that side. Um, you know, for safety items, we, I do encourage people to carry a flashlight. You know, we all have our cell phone, but I mean, we should also have a good flashlight. I mean, certainly we're geocachers. So if we're going into a culvert, a tunnel somewhere on that front, you know, even something like a headlamp's very good to have on that front too. I know I always pack one of my geo pack to have on that side. Um, but certainly, you know, on there too, another good safety items is even like a whistle. If you do need to call for assistance on that side, absolutely. A whistle's a very good way, uh, to do that. And certainly having some way to start fire. If you do need to stay in the woods overnight, mm-hmm. um, on that side too, yep. is always good to have, uh, which is easy to carry nowadays again, yeah, not super lightweight, not, yes, yeah, it's, it's lightweight. It, you know, used to be not, but now you can carry it in one little pack where you can have the, the stick and the the striker uh all in one little compact item so yeah whistle um they you know the emergency whistles are would are important i mean uh i think he said and i know both you guys have been uh, in situations where it's a little bit of emergency but when it when you finally kind of got through it all um you realize that the person was like it was like less than half a mile or something, or they can be pretty close. They don't realize they're close to somebody else, but like somebody mentioned, if you have a, uh, if you have a whistle, you know, that can, that, that can definitely carry Mm -hmm. in that process, especially if you can't get up, um, then you would need a whistle or something because you, you know, your yelling will, will be, will be important, but, uh, you can blow a whistle for quite a while. So, uh, yeah. and like in your case, well, both of y'all's cases, you both were down. So yep. it didn't matter, for example, if you were a quarter mile, a half a mile, you, you're not able to move. And so, again, that's where something like that really comes in, into uh, to to become an important. Yeah. And item. one of the things we get, yeah, I mean, if it's an emergency, 
it doesn't matter how far somebody is if you're not in contact with them, right? You're right. out there on your own until you're not. And we get kind of complacent with things because we think, well, I've got my phone. But if your phone yeah. is your communication device, it's your navigation, it's your flashlight, mm-hmm. it's, you know, so many other things we use our phones for, and your phone becomes out of commission, you just lost like five of your 10 resources that you need. Absolutely. Yeah. That's not a good thing, you know, and you got to think about, I've got my phone, I can do most of the stuff here, but what if I drop my phone? We all know we've done stupid things. I've dropped my phone several times. Luckily, <laughs> I've broken some of them, but never been out of commission when I was on a trail, but Right. If it goes out of commission, now what do you do? You can't yep. have all your life safety tied up into one device. Yeah. Because it can either run dead, which happens, or it can you can drop and you can crack those things. If it's yep. everything to you, yeah, your phone can't be everything. You need to yeah. have a backup plan. You know, I know we have our phones on us, but we need to have a backup plan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Jen mentioned and uh Jen, it was so good to spend time with you this past uh week. Um had mm-hmm. just a ball, just a, oh, a, yeah. a ball. Oh yeah. Yeah. Brad and Jen are she's awesome. A, she's a peach. So, um, <laughs> she did mention about, um, important to know people were going, we're going to, we're going to get to that. So stay mm-hmm. tuned for that part of it. So we're going to get to that information here in a moment. So, um, yeah. So you guys keep going. Yeah. And so some other 10 essentials and, you know, we're not going to go into too much detail on all of them, but you know, first aid kit, you know, in my instance, having, you know, somebody after it got helped me get up and uh, standing, you know, to wrap my knee and get it in place. That was big. Mm-hmm. Um, that definitely saved me. And I know I've used a first aid kit many times out on the trail, not always for me, but many times for others as well, too. So, again, you know, as Gary emphasized earlier, we're there to have a good time. We're also there to help other people with their safety as well, too. Absolutely. Um, you Quick know, note, uh, thanks, Scott, for being along. He's got a whole other uh thing to deal with he's in australia so uh <laughs> there's a lot of things that could kill you down there everything uh, can kill you down there everything can kill you. <laughs> so you got to be careful of everything down there but that doesn't mean you can't be complacent up here because there's a lot of places up in the in in uh in the northern hemisphere that can kill you as well so all right yeah absolutely and, uh, you know, no matter where you are, I mean, the 10 essentials is a good one, you know, knife or multi-tool sun protection, which of course, you know, sunscreen, sunglasses, clothing, Absolutely. um, you know, one shelter as well too. And you hear shelter and you think I'm not going to bring a tent everywhere. Shelter doesn't always mean bringing a tent, mm-hmm. uh, but something that can help you. It can be an emergency blanket. Um, you know, like one of those space blankets I tend to have, and it's just really tiny, like an emergency yeah, bed for two people, you know? Mm-hmm. That if I needed and if I was in a cold weather situation, I could, you know, get in there and warm myself up pretty quick on that front. Um, That's cool. Yeah, but, I forget about those. So you can make them. You can carry something like that. Very, mm-hmm. uh, very small and portable. Yeah. Yeah. And nowadays with all the stuff, too, with ultralight backpacking, I mean, these are things that are very portable, very small that can go into a bag Mm -hmm. as well, too. So so when you're mentioning these things, don't discount them and thinking like, hey, I'm not a backpacker. I'm not going to carry this big pack on me. You know, I mean, in all honesty, I mean, most of these things, if not all of them, you could actually put in a small shopping bag, you know. Yeah, Um, right something that size and uh you know these things don't really cost a lot of money but i mean they're a good investment that can certainly save you you know for sure on that mm-hmm. front i think it's good too you mentioned it but i think it's good i was trying to grab i've got i have two different bags i don't have my other one with me but i got a really small bag for small situations and i have a bigger bag for when i'm out 
what I know I'm going to be out further. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, plan accordingly to where you're going. But like on this bag, I keep extra carabiners. I've got um, I got a tick uh, key. That and is I also good to have. have yeah. I also have my whistle. So there's my. Uh, well, no, I got a I got a flashlight. Where's my key? It's on here. Where did I put it? Oh well, I guess down in here. Anyway, yeah. you get the idea. Um, yeah, that's a perfect. So you know, like you said, it's just maybe maybe you do need to you know, and you could transfer stuff from one to the other, mm-hmm. but. I think it's kind of like think through all your different situations of, of possibles. So, yeah, I would add to that two things. Uh, the ten essentials, obviously, that's that's just good wisdom. But uh, if you have the ability, one a partner, that's always a good mm-hmm. thing to have. And Absolutely. A plan. So yeah. if you have a partner and a plan, you're you're steps ahead of most people. And yeah. you can't always have somebody with you, right? But if you can, obviously, it's it's always better to have somebody with you. Um, but we're going to be solo hiking a lot out there too, but yeah. have a plan. So whether it's a second person and y'all plan together or it's just you right. having a plan for stalls that, that terror and that fear, right? You, right? you think through it ahead of time. You have an idea of what you're going to do if X happens or Y happens or whatever. And then when, if it ever does, you have at least a couple ideas that you can try when they do, right? If you wait until something bad happens to try to figure out a plan then, that's where that anxiety ramps up really quickly. That panic sets in really quickly. Um, and I don't mean you have to go on like bear grill survival training to right. try to go for a geocache. Right. But have an idea of like, if this were to happen, what do I think I would do? If you think through those things ahead of time, it helps you. That doesn't mean yep. it's going to work. Right. It, not everything works, but at least if you have an idea, then you have something to, to kind of slow down that. Oh, I, I'm out of options. Well, you're not. Yeah. You're not out of options. And a lot of times when we get in those panic modes, it's because we think we don't have options at that point. Yeah. So I, I would always say, especially if you hike with a group regularly, know what y'all would do. Talk about that. You know, it didn't have yeah. to be doom and gloom, right? But what happens if this happens? What we do, you know, and, and know that the capabilities mm-hmm. of the people that are with you. If you're by yourself, know your own capabilities. Right. Um, and we're all guilty of being overconfident. Yeah, but just try to plan ahead, and that will help you calm yourself a little bit when an emergency does happen. Yeah, yeah. and and I like how you bring up capabilities, Jesse, because I mean that that's an important one. Because if you're going out, everybody has different experiences. You know, to somebody a mile hike may be big, somebody else a two mile hike may be big. Mm-hmm. Don't hesitate to talk to people. You know, what kind of hike are you comfortable with? Is it like flat terrain? Is it is it a little bit, you know, uh, uh, more like terrain two, terrain three, you know, out there, but what's a long hike to them as well, too. You know, for some people, a lot of the hiking or getting on trails is very mental where, uh, three miles could seem very long to somebody onto that one. So I, I encourage people, you know, people to have those conversations with who's in their hiking group on that one to make sure what you're doing out on the trail is a good experience for others. And if, if you're thinking about pushing past maybe those comfort points or what people may know, you know, voicing those up front, but, you know, certainly at that time, also voicing the people, you know, there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, a DNF. There's nothing wrong with if we're out here and we all had back on that side, too, yeah. um, because, I mean, for a lot of people, getting outdoors is, can be a very cool thing. And I know for Jesse and I, like trail caching, some of our favorite caching. Oh yeah, but but you got to make sure it's good with that group of other people. Um, yeah, 
and I, I like one thing, Jesse, you brought up too, and I know uh, a couple of people brought up in the chat, solo caching on a trail versus group caching mm-hmm. on there as well too. I know, uh, I think it was Shandrum that mentioned um, in here earlier is, you know, like a Garmin inReach Mini. And this kind of gets back to that communication plan. And everybody yeah. should have that communication uh, plan with how you're communicating. Yeah, let's let's get into that because I think that we have some different things in the show notes, but um, yeah, let's transition to because we go on and on about what you could bring, which is good. Absolutely, I like yeah. your ten essential, but and we added more in there, so definitely check the notes out later. But um, let's talk a little bit about what easily we can do from a communication perspective and so many times we don't do it and we can we just don't so tell people about some ideas and some some things we can do on the communication side yeah absolutely so so i'll i'll, I'll start and i'll certainly look for jesse for his thoughts in this one too but my thought is like for me for getting out of the trails i want to be consistent with how i'm communicating um both where i'm going uh who i'm communicating with on that side when I'm going to communicate with them, when can they expect if they don't hear from me to then be concerned on that side? Mm-hmm. Um, in my Garmin inReach Mini, I use three preset messages out there. I use uh, one that I arrived on the site for the trail. That message goes to a group um, of uh, four different people, including uh, you know some of my friends locally, but also my sister who does not live locally and my sister who I do not hike with on that side. Right. So I'm guaranteed somebody's going to get that message who I'm not going to be out on the trail with at any one point on that side. But I always send that message from my inReach um, when I get on site so they know where I parked, where I am on that side. My other preset message I use is just, uh, hey, I'm still on the trail. Just wanted to let you know uh, where I am kind of thing. And I may mark that uh, maybe based upon rough terrain on that side. Maybe if it's a situation where um, uh, it could, yeah, and Zolio is a good option too. There's plenty, but maybe when it makes sense to let somebody know where I'm at, am I doing like yeah. a water crossing? Is there some something that maybe is a little bit hazardous on that side too? So mm-hmm. I'll tend to send a few of those along the way as well too. Uh, my other preset message I use on that side is when I'm back at the car, letting people know I got back to the car okay on mm-hmm. that front. So uh, for me, when I'm doing hiking, I want to be very methodical, very consistent on this front, because if you're very consistent, you communicate with people. This is why I'm doing it. This is why I'm reaching out to you. Uh, They know if they don't they don't get those communications, you know, on time that they then know that something is wrong, you know, at that time. Mm -hmm. So I think it's good for everybody to have that communication plan to consistently do it. Let those people know who you're communicating with, why you're doing that and what their role is if something doesn't happen. Um, from different ones like the Zolio and certain the Garmin too, like the inReach, you can actually share your tracks as well too, where it will constantly upload a path and you can see it on a map too. Oh, very so cool. um, that's a very cool thing to do. And again, you know, maybe maybe uh you know you should do that if you're out on a longer hike or more of a remote area as well on that side too. Um, one other thing on the, uh, Garmin, it does actually have an SOS button too, that you can use mm-hmm. if there is an emergency on that side. Now, um, how, how does that, how does that work? I mean, uh, do you know what, what is it, what does that function that do? I mean, obviously, you know, it's emergency, but I mean, yeah, do you know so what it the, goes to or 
go ahead. Yeah, you subscribe to a service, and it actually the the button. Uh, yeah, my camera kind of has. It's okay. Yeah, you got the blur it, going. But That's you okay. actually like pull the cam the button back, and then you can press it inside. Right, right, right. But that goes so to you, an emergency so you don't service. Bump it. <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. But that goes to an emergency service that you subscribe from, putting in your information on that side. And somebody earlier put your medical information, sharing those. So certainly you can put your medical information in there as well, Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. But that may be an also good thing to communicate with others and to have in writing as well, too. Uh, But Um, Jesse, how how do you feel on your communications? Yeah, what I was going to say is because we could we could talk about this one small topic, one small part of the topic all night long. I want to make sure we get it in. But the way I see it, there's kind of two. I have the inReach as well. As a matter of fact, Coincidentally, I got it the week after I got stuck on the mountain. I don't know mm. how that happened, but mm. uh, it was a gift that came to me right after I got stuck on the mountain, and nobody could find what, me. Um, what a surprise! Yeah, what a surprise, right? But there's kind of two categories of communication we're talking about tonight, and we could talk about the different brands and different programs all night long. But there's the satellite option for when there's not going to be cell service, yep. and then there's the there's a myriad of options for if you do have cell service or your yeah. urban caching or whatever else, right? So there's really yeah. two categories. The one, like he just showed, the inReach, and there's all, there's tons of them. All the GPS, there's yeah. you can buy. We could list those all night long, right? And they yeah. generally work the same way. They have pre-programmed signals, messages, and they have their, their satellite signal. Don't ask me how that works. It just does. It's magic. There's things in the sky. Um, right. But uh, <laughs> and then they usually have an SOS button or some kind of emergency button that mm-hmm. if you hit that, right. um, it means come get me, right? Yeah, come get me. Right. Here's where I am, and you know. A lot of them have a lot of cool features, um, and it, it's worth it. Like, if you're going to go out, um, if you're going to be outside of the city and on trails at all, I, I don't even remember what it cost. Well, I didn't buy it. I, it. It was gifted to me right? angrily after I freaked out the whole family. But um, I know they're not that expensive. For, for the stuff that we do, they're not that expensive. But yeah, um, I think it's worth it. It's a good investment. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's the other side, which we're going to mention tonight, too, but which I use a lot more now than in Colorado. I definitely had to inReach all the time in Colorado. Now I'm doing a lot more urban caching and yeah. I use the cell phone side of it, which we're going to talk about a couple of those too. But yeah, you know, we think, Oh, it's fine. Well, it's fine until it's not fine. And it, it you can't go backwards and go, I yeah. should have had that with me. Well, yeah. <laughs> should have, you know, too late too now. Late. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and we've all, if we, if you've been cashing up or you've been, outdoors enough you've been in situations that either have gone bad or are going bad and they, they go bad quickly um yeah. but we're going to mention a couple of them tonight but um somebody just said yeah. life 360 yep. you know there's that's the, on the list iphone mm-hmm. has one built in you know the the find my family or whatever you know yep there's um, that one mm-hmm. and then those other phones the non-iphones the non-apple phones whatever those are called they yeah. have ones too uh no i don't get that stirred up yeah. but um, we got a full list or those, not full. We added some. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's tons of those applications. And I, I just, I've been in situations and I know people have been in situations where you want somebody and I've been on both sides of it, right? Where is this mm-hmm. person or, or I'm the person that people are looking for. And right. you, you can't stress enough the peace of mind it gives to everybody else when you're doing it. Right. So it's worth doing that. And I, I do the same thing you do, John, with used to it in Colorado. And now even when I'm out going, if I'm getting out of the car for even one, a couple of minutes, or I'm getting in a weird situation, I'll call Christy and be like, getting on the trail, getting off the trail, even if it's right in town, get off the trail, yeah. back in my car, I'm done. I'm leaving. Yeah. 
and it takes like yeah. no time, you know. No, and you're, but if I'm invaluable. in a weird situation, I'll shoot a picture out too. I'll be like, yeah, here's where I am, you know, and uh, and it just it gives everybody peace of mind and it's just built in safety. And what's the worst it can do? You never have an emergency, and then everybody still feels good about it, right? You know, so it's worth the effort and time to do those things. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tom mentioned he says he found Tennessee's oldest by himself. People knew it when he left the hotel, when he parked, when he found the cash, when he got back to the car, back to the hotel. So it's just, mm-hmm. again, it's, but any point along there, he had not communicated, you know, I'm not thinking about the, we don't always think a bad thing, but as somebody said earlier, you, you, you hope for the best and plan for the worst, mm-hmm. but any of those spots along that thing, we would have known something about Tom. So if he communicated, right. he had found the cash, and then we lost, and then we didn't know where he was. We go well. We know at least he got to the cash because he says he got to the cash, mm-hmm. but we don't know. But we don't know if he got back to the car, or let's say that he got back to the car, but he didn't, there's nothing after that. You know, to the people he was connected to for this, you're like, okay, well, he's he got to the car, but. He's somewhere between the car and the hotel. I mean, very simple stuff. We all is, I mean, it's logical. It's all the duh mm-hmm. kind of thing, but how critical that can be when we're in an emergency situation. Well, when and here's the thing too, wrong. you know, mm-hmm. everybody's thinking of the worst case scenario when we're talking about this and thinking, well, I'm never in areas like that, like bears, rattlesnakes, mountain lion, you know, things like that, which I've seen on hikes, all those myself. Um, Me too. Absolutely. Uh, you know, coyote, everything. Um, yep. it's not only that, right. It's, it's not just when you're on that hard trail, it's all the time in geocaching. It's yep, good right. to let people know when you're out, if you're by yourself, flat tires in an area with no cell service, uh, car crash, um, yep. you know, bad people there's it's, it's good. If you're going to be out doing something, it's good to let people know where you are. And mm-hmm. it's not about being paranoid. It's just, just a safety right. net. Right. Um, right. you could be in a, even a city park or just out cashing somewhere, half of us wouldn't know a phone number if we didn't have our phone on us to save our life, to literally right. save our life. Yeah, We were allowing these things for everything. Yes. Well, they do break. You know, they do yeah. fall down. They fall in gutters. Right. They get wet. And yep. if everything is tied into that and you can't even know how to call anybody because yep. you've lost your phone now, if somebody else gave you your phone, you wouldn't know how to call your anybody. Yeah. You know, yeah. you wouldn't know how to do anything you've got to think through those things as like a backup plan. Uh, right. Probably one of the important things to say is have a backup plan for a lot of this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mike brings up a good point. Uh, he says all the gadgets in the world aren't worth a darn if you don't know how to use them. So yeah. not only the things we talked about, but um, you know, get out the, get out, get out YouTube or get out Google or, or the instructions when you buy an in reach, uh, you know, and know how it works. How does the SOS work? You know, uh, John demonstrated how you you know take this part out. So you push the button. I mean, that's you got to know those kind of things before you get into it. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, it's yeah, not going to help you. If, equipment. Yeah, yep. you got you got to know you know what these things do. Like like Mike said, you, you need to know what how they work because you just yeah. can't buy it, throw it in the car, and go. Well, you know, maybe someday if I ever need it, yeah. it's like. Yeah. You might, and then you better know what's you better know how to work it. So yeah, really and point. these go for for all things technology wise. I mean, first aid kits. I mean, 
mm-hmm. pull these things open, go through them, take a look at what's in there, you know, on that front as well, too. Well, yeah. Not only that, I mean, the first aid kit is great. That's if you have one of those, that's great. If you have one of those and know how to use it, it's a lot better. Absolutely. So look in your first aid kit, know what you have. And, you know, I know a lot of people are going to think we're, it's kind of overkill with this, but John, I know you've had it and I've had it as part of my job. Gary, I don't think you've had it as part of your job before, but, and not everybody works out in the field or whatever else, but it's worth, in most places you can either get it for free or super cheap. Go get a first aid class and a CPR class. Yep. Right. That's one of those things that you, let's say it costs you 40 bucks, right? That's 40 bucks you never want to use. Yep. Right. But exactly. if you if you didn't spend that forty bucks, you're sure it's valuable. Then you know what I mean. Absolutely. It may not even be you know. It may not be yourself. You may not be sp- splitting your own leg. It may mm-hmm. be the person next to you. Maybe your cashier buddy. It may be somebody on the trail. But it's yeah. just worth going and spending a Saturday morning and, and getting first aid training, and then you become the capable, not the person that needs help. You know, and it's absolutely it's worth it as geocachers. And you know, out of everybody that's out there and all the the clueless people, we don't want to be the clueless people, right? No, I would love to go, you know, somebody gets hurt on trail. I hope there's a geocacher nearby because they all take first aid. They all take this stuff seriously. They're out all the time. We should be the ones that are able to help other people. Um, And I know it's a whole nother show we're not gonna be able to get into, but you know, it's just, we want, I would love for geocachers to be seen as, well, they're capable because they're out all the time. They can come help me. That's great. Great. There's a geocacher. Come help me. Oh, I know. Yep. And I, I feel that, I mean, there's so many things, I mean, we could talk on this topic for such a long time and it's, it's so important. Um, yeah, but the whole sense of helping others while out on the trail and mm-hmm. being aware of others. I know if I'm out on the trail and I encounter people, sometimes my questions are, uh, you know, first introduce myself, you know, ask them where they're going, you know, on that front to get a sense if they're, they're lost or not get a sense of how they're doing, you know, mentally as well too, physically onto that side as well too. Um, but I know when it, a lot of situations have happened, it, it, geocachers love to ask other geocachers for help. You know, they, mm-hmm. they know where locations are. Um, you know, I remember hearing some uh, geocacher lost her keys in the snow to her car. Who did she call? She called a nearby geocacher or messaged mm-hmm. a nearby geocacher. Yeah. <laughs> who yeah. ended up picking her up, driving her almost an hour home, you know, then to then come back and then you know, get that. And the fact is, you know, a lot of geocachers are awesome and, and willing and able to help people out on that one. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, as a community, we have to think, how can we help each other? You know, yes. uh, from what I do as a trail community, you know, how can we help other trail users, but also in the geocaching community, how can we help others as well too? So certainly I, I would encourage people to, um, you know, to think about activities to help train if it's different events. I don't, uh, uh, Brad and Jen brought up uh, uh, asking about a local library if they'll host a first aid class. I mean, that is a great one. Mm-hmm. I put out there, you know, encouraging people to think like if people aren't comfortable going out on trails, you yeah. know, people do group hikes, you know, having a geocaching event that's a group hike, you know, to get right. out there on a trail, mm-hmm. to get people out on a trail, to talk about, you know, being responsible with safety on the trail. It, these are good ideas, you know, for yeah. sure you know, on those, because yeah. we can yeah. help each other out quite a bit. So Nicole yeah. kind of hit on it too. What about a geocaching event to host a first aid train? Yeah. You I know, think that's, that would perfect. be that's perfectly within the guidelines. And that's, you know, the only thing you really can't do is something that already, you know, you're bringing them in for that. And I guarantee yeah. you bring a group of people together like that. That's, that's that many more capable people in your area. You Absolutely. Know, local geocachers. Yeah. And I, I would love for that to catch on. 
think, you know, just think if people started doing that, bringing first in, first aid CPR in, and, you know, your local fire, de- fire department or whatever is usually, they do it a lot. There's a lot right. of people that will do it. You bring us, you just added that many more people that are capable and can help others into your community. And they're the ones that are going to be out there, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're not at home sitting on their couch. They're out in our game, in they're our out. game board, you know? Yep. Uh, well, we're going to start get toward the end. We'll do our giveaway here in a moment. Um, and I'll kind of give the, uh, a brief, uh, possibilities of, of what you could win here in a couple of minutes. But before we get to that point, make sure and put in hashtag safety. If you haven't done that already to be entered in and we will spin the wheel here in a few minutes. Uh, so let's kind of get to the, the wrap up point, but what are some things that we need to do or sometimes we even fail to do in the after. So um, I'll mention one thing and I'll let you guys kind of mention what you think of when you think about the after side of things. One of them for me is that you need to make sure that everything you brought is kind of put back and ready to go again. Mm -hmm. So um, I tend, I tend to scatter things all over the place. Um, My first aid kit, is actually over there it's not in my bag which is okay at the moment but it's not okay if i'm going to take off and go somewhere so um that's something i want to remind everybody about is when you get back home maybe not immediately you'll have to get back home but before you even think about going back out take a moment gather up everything that you had and you need in your pack and you basically go back through and make sure that it's all ready to go again so over to you guys yeah and i i feel that that's a great one gary i know usually for me after i get back everything goes back into my bag you know so if i i grab it that's the one i'm going um a few items i'd like to put out there is uh you know if, if when you're logging your cash you know you notice something like any sort of hazard information other information she, people should know to provide a safe experience uh okay. you know post it on your log post it out there you know if there's pictures on there too let people know you know what that trail is like when you're going out there um if you do have any things that you do notice on there please reach out to the trail organization. If you notice some, some trail conditions or other things that need to be mm. addressed, I noticed um, from our trail organization that people reach out to us and saying like, Hey, uh, there's a tree down here. There's something that needs to be talked about. You know, we'll, we'll address it. And we want to hear those things. You know, people right. shouldn't feel like, Hey, I'm inconveniencing this group. We want to make the best trail experience there is for people out there. So certainly feel free to reach out to those. Right. Um, you know, and, and that does include if you're like on a hiking trail and there's ATVs or something, you know, going fast or being unsafe, you know, please let us know on that front. Um, but, you know, one of the things, too, and um, and I'll say this and certainly then kind of like toss the baton to Jesse. But, you know, if there is something that you think does require law enforcement agency, you know, like in our, our trail organization where uh, uh, human remains were found off the side of that trail, if somebody notices something suspicious, please let others know, you know, it's, it's, it's good to put something out there and let people know. Um, even if you're thinking, you know, this is probably not something let people know on that front because it's important. Those things do get notified and people should not feel like they're inconveniencing either. Like I said, the trail organization or law enforcement. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go to Jess here in a second. One thing I want to do from the chat room though, Jen mentioned, this is important. If you are the safety contact, don't feel silly for acting on a fail to alert from your adventure. So absolutely, um, 
that that is key because don't feel like no news is good news. No news is no news, which means you and you need news. So you need to, you know, in a lovingly badgering way, you say, hey, where are you at? You didn't respond. Where are you at? What's going on? Uh, I would I would want that, uh, you know, you know that, oh, man, I messed up. I should I should let you know. I would prefer that than them going. Yeah, he didn't say anything. I guess he's fine. Yeah, right. Um, I would like say because y'all pre- hit pretty much everything. Um, the the two things I would say for outside of the actual trail is maintain and train. So maintain yeah. your equipment. Um, you know that headlamp mm-hmm. is great, but if you haven't checked the batteries in it in three years, it and it doesn't work anymore, it's no good. <laughs> it's just a piece of yeah. plastic. Um, yeah. Check all your equipment. Make sure it's there. Um, I had a trail pack that I used. It set in a certain location, and it was the big trail pack. Not my little one in the car. My big trail pack, right? And I would take it all the time for all my hikes. I try to keep all my equipment good. Um, at one point, and this is not a life or death situation, yeah. but it was, I went out on a trail. I was in my, well, I have a dog with me, but I was up on a mountain, and I was way far away. Right. Um, there was no, like, quickly going back to my car. Right. Somebody had removed my emergency toilet paper. I won't get into the details of what happened, um, but I lost the sock that day. And that is not <laughs> right. fun. That's um, not fun. So check all your equipment. Don't just assume your equipment is in good working order and all still there, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's you need to make sure that all of your stuff works all the time. You know, you may have striking wear matches and your bug spray may have leaked onto them and now they no longer work. There's a lot of things that could happen. <laughs> That's an understatement, Shannon. Um, but, uh, and <laughs> then crappy. train. It's always good to have some kind of level of first aid, CPR, mm-hmm. um, wilderness training, hiking training, that kind of stuff, outdoor training. If you're going to be outdoors at all, and as a geocacher, you eventually will. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it's not a Bear grills. We're not telling you to drink your own fluids. Right. Without giving details <laughs> right. on that. We're, we're, we're you're not going to eat grubs out of a tree. Training. Unless you, you have don't to. Think first aid CPR is going to be good in a city park if something happens. It is. You don't have to be out in the wilderness to use it. And CPR, we probably have all seen it. I've seen it personally firsthand. CPR yeah. does save lives. It does. You know, yes. first aid does save lives. It, yeah. it can go really, you know, just little bitty things can really save lives. So I would encourage you, and you're going to feel more confident, even if you're a solo caster, you're like, well, I'll never save anybody because I'm by myself it gives you more confidence in what you're doing and where you're able to go and you're able to do things and you can help somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, good, you can't be point, you're going to be underprepared yep. for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, that's so for sure. maintain your equipment and just do a little training. It'll make you feel good plan ahead of time. Like what do I do if I slip and I drop my phone? What do I mm-hmm. do if I twist my ankle? What do I mm-hmm. do if I run out of water? What do I do for those things? Do I have an idea of what yeah. I would do? Plans are great. They're not always yep. perfect, but they're better than not having a plan. Yep. Who knows where you are? Who knows, Anywhere, you know, when's right? the last time you checked in? Yeah. You know, if if you stop communicating for whatever reason, phone died, you're fine. But still, you know, but but it becomes mm-hmm. a situation. Well, if you don't communicate the steps, they're going to they don't know where to start, really. I mean, they kind of know, but mm-hmm. that's why those frequent things are so important. Like Tom pointed out, it's like, 
you know, leaving car headed to cash or, yep. you know, found this cash or you sent photo. I, I was at this cash, whatever. Um, and then give, give, even if you're going to change, if let's say you have communication, you know, still working, uh, if you're going to change your plan, let people know, Oh, um, I forgot. There's a puzzle cache not too far from here. Uh, I'm going to go to that one. Give the GC code. Let you, let your contact know that you're not, you're going off plan or you're adding to your plan. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't just, you can't assume that they're going to somehow read your mind that you decided that you're going to go to a different cache because you forgot that you had finished, that you'd solved this puzzle. And you're like, Oh, I'm nearby. I'll just sort of hike over to that one. Well, and we're all bad about that. All yeah. of us. We've yeah. all done. I, I know I've done it so many times. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So we just want everybody to be safe. That's the, we, that's we, the, we most that's certainly fine. do. And we want, we need to all be reminded. And unfortunately, you know, we've, we have the terrible tragedy and we, we, we want to, to honor that, um, situation in a positive way where mm -hmm. we all think about this and we all plan we all plan uh plan well and um, that's the key so all right we're going to do our uh, giveaway hashtag safety um while we're getting that um pulled up and ready to go get your last chance type in hashtag safety i'm gonna go to you two guys give a last final moment and then I'm going to punch the button. We're going to get a winner and we're going to wrap up tonight. So final thoughts. Yeah. Th thank you, Gary. Really appreciate the opportunity to talk tonight on trail safety. I mean, for somebody who loves the outdoors and definitely been on both sides of things, you know, trail safety is key and uh, something that we all got to talk about and definitely as a community, you know, figure that out. Um, you know, what our approach is, how to plan for it. And, you know, so many good comments in the chat room today, like, you know, Shandrums, again, you can't be overprepared. You can be underprepared on that side. Um, one of the things uh, I want to put out there, too, you know, being involved in the trail organization is I encourage geocachers to uh, reach out to volunteer for trail organizations or great communities to be a part of. Mm -hmm. um, you know, out there can definitely help you with a lot of the outdoors experiences out there. But um, but those are good as well, too. But be prepared. And certainly any questions you have, feel free to reach out. I know. We put a ton of comments in the show notes that we couldn't even get to everything on here. So, yeah. um, you know, I do encourage people to check those out. And if they do feel there's things that we should add or questions, please feel free and let us know. I think this could be a great resource for a lot of geocachers. Right. Very good. Uh, just I would, um, yeah, I would say, um, as we kind of talked about it tonight, you know, I had a lot of stuff I wanted to say, but I would love for it to be in the future as we move forward. Um, that and I'm going to keep pushing this. I'm going to talk about trail, you know, not just trail safety. That's what we're talking about tonight, but just general safety for geocachers. And and in today's world, things happen all the time. Um, I would love for it to become the reputation of geocachers that, whether it's in the city or whether it's on a trail, geocachers have the reputation for being like Boy Scouts, right? You know, always yeah. prepared or whatever it is. I wasn't a Boy Scout. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, here's a geocacher. They're going to probably help they're capable people because they literally go all over the world doing outdoor stuff. Let's, you know, they're going to be helpful. That should be the, the norm, not the exception that 
if a geocacher shows up, they can probably help the situation because they are outdoorsy people by the gate, by the nature of our game. So right. I want to continue to push that. I want to talk about that more in the future. I just be that person that's helpful, mm-hmm. you know, and I would love for that to be, let's get rid of geocachers, the people that hide bombs under bridges and geocachers right. are now the capable people. Let's mm-hmm. make right. that our new reputation. I you love know, it. I know it's still a hidden game, but you know, whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Very good point. Uh, yeah, Teresa, uh, John will uh, give you some more information about trail associations. I guess you could Google them, right? Just kind of. Yeah, and most of the trails, you know, being maintained out there for a lot of areas are being maintained by volunteers. Uh, you know, volunteers, people who are not getting paid. They believe in the passion. They believe in the benefits of the trail. And yeah, Shandon wrote, there's a lot of Facebook pages out there, you know, start looking for your county and those trails. Mm. Um, and you'll typically find out, you know, if you have other activities, there's equestrians, people that maintain horse trails, right. uh, you know, mountain bikers that help to maintain mountain biking trails. There's a lot of different groups out there. But if you look into your county and look at the trails there, you'll probably be able to find a Facebook page or a website mm-hmm. that has information and right. yeah, I definitely encourage you to to get involved. There are great groups to help out with that um, that that really offer a lot of good opportunities for people. Awesome, awesome show tonight, guys. You guys uh, nailed it, and uh, we definitely uh, I think have a lot of good information that we pass along. And again, it'll be available. It'll be on the website. Uh, at least it'll be in the show notes. And then uh, look for it at the top of the Geocache Talk page. I'm going to add it there also. Uh, maybe not tonight, but <clears throat> it'll be out there uh, shortly. So um, there you go. So let me spin the wheel, and we'll get us a winner tonight. So uh, round and round it goes where it stops. Only StreamYard knows. Like I did that. Here we go. There's a winner. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's got it's, – it, it's no, it's it. Roy Baum, winner, oh, winner. Congratulations, winner, winner. Roy gets it tonight. Uh, Geocoin, Geocoin dinner. No, there's not a Geocoin dinner, but there's, uh, there's Geocaching items. Um, so geocaching dinner. Well, that's not on there either. But I do have a. I still have a guitar. I've got bison. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys um got to see the bison out in Memphis, but. Uh, there's some bison coins. I got a couple of those left. And then I've got, uh, I still have a myriad of our old coins. I guess they're old now, but I've got, uh, oh, yeah. I've got, I got the geocache talk. I've got caching with kids. I've got gadget and I've got, um, the fairly new, but now old, uh, geocache talk, uh, one. So fairly uh, new, but now old. I like that. Fairly new, but now old. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> limited edition limited edition yeah and then um uh, everyone wins when they win uh you get a path tag so it's really cool it's hard to kind of see but when you get up close you can see all the little intricate items along there so it's really it's really cool path tag trust me trust me you'll enjoy it when you get that so roy um get with me sir uh send me a um email to um Geocache talk at gmail.com. I'll bring that up here. So send that, uh, my friend, and we will get you uh, set up with uh, a coin of your choice. So uh, there we go. Um, all right. Thanks, guys, again.
great show. Um, we will do uh, something similar uh, again in the future where we talk about just geocaching safety in general, which I think Jesse is a, a really good idea. So that will put that on the list for the future. So again, thanks everybody for joining. Um, hopefully everybody took something away from tonight uh, that can help them stay safe. And we will see you guys uh, next time. And this Sunday we'll have a gadget talk. So looking forward to that. And uh, see you guys soon. Good night, everybody. Okay. Take care, everybody.